You are listening to Fantasy Movie League's Pause and Play Podcast. Welcome, welcome to Pause and Play. I am stoked to be podcasting with you guys today. My name is Alec Bloom, and I am your host. This week on the pod, we forego our typical routine in order to bring you a very special Fantasy Awards League edition of Pause and Play, where we'll be all Fantasy Awards League talk all the time. But before we get into what that means exactly, let's meet our guests. Our first guest hails from the Windy City co-host the Angry Geeks versus podcast and does not believe Superman is boring. Milhouse, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Alec. I'm still a little salty um, from our <laughs> crossover episode where it was ruled that Superman was boring, but I'm slowly getting over it through therapeutic help. I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you're getting over it. Um, I'm glad you have a, a shoulder to cry on in your buddy, uh, Angry Geek D-Rod, so... Mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. Thank you. Appreciate and I'm it. Also happy, <laughs> I'm also happy about the outcome of that podcast. <clears throat> In case anyone is wondering, it was officially ruled that Superman is boring. Up next is a very funny father of two, I think, who, according to a Cineplex name, is living in the past. He's also the creator of the pause and play cover art, so you have him to thank for that disturbing image. Ladies and gentlemen, 20th century flops. What's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, nice to be here. Uh, thanks for having me, Alec. Right off the bat, though, I have to say I'm uh, not sure about the change in format because I really don't know how I'm going to Photoshop my way to victory this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um, also, b- before we move on, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Aiden, your son. That's a sweet name, in case your son is listening. It's a great <laughs> name. I, I know a Noplex Zone isn't a, isn't a fan of the name for some reason, but I love it. I have that every night now before he goes to bed. <laughs> Oh, that poor kid. <laughs> Finally, for the second consecutive week, marking his 42nd overall appearance on Pause and Play, I'm assuming, we have Mr. Dave again. What's going on, man? I think, I think it's only my 13th. Let's not blow it out of the water here. <laughs> it's not that much. Uh, but thanks for having me, uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> you, you guess. Don't, don't act like oh. this isn't a big deal. I, Obviously, the audience can't see Mr. Dave right now, but he is, in fact, wearing a suit, which Milhouse and, and Flops, you guys can uh, corroborate. Yeah, he is, looking, he, he, is. he is looking rather dapper. <laughs> well, it is Oscars night, so I figured you got to show up in style. Um, <laughs> plus, I am being paid to wear this suit, so it works out. I don't know who by you're who? being paid for. Yeah, <laughs> by who exactly? Um, uh, Men's Warehouse? Me? <laughs> I don't know who made it. I was given this suit, so that's fine. Well, you, you look um, you look good, Dapper Dave. Thank you very much. Dapper Dave, do you have anything you would like to ask me before we move on? I do. Uh, so, Alec, what is the Fantasy Awards League anyway? Well, Mr. Dave, that is a beautiful question, and I'm glad that you asked. Well, like Fantasy Movie League, Fantasy Awards League is a fantasy sports-style game where players use their knowledge of the movie industry and skill to pick which group of films will receive the most awards on Oscars night. Players may select up to 8 out of 15 Oscar-nominated films to feature on the screens of their own fantasy cineplex. So, basically, it's fantasy sports for the Oscars. 
You can go to awards.fantasymovieleague.com. Sign up for free. Keep in mind, lineups lock at 7 p.m. Eastern time on February 26th. That's just before the Oscars get started. Speaking of getting started, I think it's time for a little PNP, guys. As a reminder, we will have two rounds of questions and topics wherein points will be awarded, but they do not necessarily mean a thing. So let's get started with this Fantasy Awards League edition of Pause and Play. All right, everyone, we're going to throw a little disclaimer at you right now. Just note that when we recorded this podcast a couple nights ago, our pricing slightly different than the uh, the pricing that we actually got when the game started uh, on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Really, the only thing majorly affected, probably dealing with animated feature. Other than that, everything should be solid. Enjoy. Get to know an FMLer. Rather than get to know you better, we want to get to know someone else a little better. Specifically, someone who has yet to play Fantasy Movie League. So, each of you, give us a top five reason someone should sign up to play the Fantasy Awards League and stick around to play FML. Just going to think of this kind of like a, a recruiting, recruiting pitch for your friends that aren't yet playing FML. If you need an example, I've got one for you. Number one on my list is, it's not a cult. Millhouse, let's start off with you. What are your top five reasons? Well, my number one reason why you should play FML award season and then continue to play FML afterwards is that FML has the last message board that is probably only 95% of trolls. Um, That's true. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very inviting community. Everybody, for the most part, likes to help each other out, and it's really the last place that hasn't been taken over by mean people um <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably my number two reason is that fml is the only thing that can get you through the, the slow period of after fantasy football and the beginning of fantasy football uh it, <laughs> it feeds uh, all of our gambling needs it feeds all of our needs to look at a waiver wire of some sorts and it's like the same amount of time that you actually spend on a fantasy football lineup because really i mean fantasy baseball kind of sucks because yeah it's usually like a daily thing but this is like, you only have to look at it a couple times a week. Maybe like once in the, do your coma lineup. Maybe once after the first round of uh, estimates come out and then Friday morning. That's like the only three times you really have to look at it. Third reason is Steve. Now, a lot of people give Steve a lot, a lot of crap around here. But Steve is, I think, the heart and soul of Fantasy Movie League. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, fourth, potentially getting a shout out from Field Yates. Or any of the other 06010 crowd uh, mm. on the uh, on the 06010 podcast, uh, and you know, you, you say it's not a cult, but my fifth reason is that it is a cult a little bit because <laughs> I don't know a single like I don't know how much deadline gets uh, traffic on their website come Friday morning around 9 a.m. But I swear to God, it's you'll, you'll never find a bunch a bunch of people that are more obsessed with how much a movie made on a Thursday night. Oh, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I would definitely say that, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, Anthony, uh, what, what's what, what's the deadline? It's, it's, Anthony a, De, it's a, it's a, it's a, Alessandro. Yes, yes. He definitely has a cult following, even though I none of us can say his name properly. Yeah, um, yeah he definitely, <laughs> off of uh, Deadline.com, he's got a cult following, I think, as well, too. I think that's a pretty good, fi solid five reasons there. I'm, I am curious if the other uh, two have uh, Steve in their top five as well. <laughs> 
Flops. We're getting, again, nose here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flops, what say you? I do not have Steve as one of my answers. <laughs> Although he is certainly one of the reasons to uh, want to get in on FML. Number one is that the results will not be determined by a bunch of white guys. And uh, number two, there's no evidence yet that the results will be rigged. Uh, maybe the most important reason is that uh, it will give you a reason to sit through all the technical awards when you're uh, questioning why you're sitting through a four-hour <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> kind of similar to what Millhouse was saying, I think the FML Awards League will be one of the last great untapped fantasy niches. Um, pretty much after this, all you're going to be getting is stuff like uh, Fantasy Celebrity Apprentice and nonsense <laughs> like that. I think the part FML will want to promote is uh, that Fantasy Awards League will be easy to play. It's going to be healthy, good fun, and it's going to be super addicting. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you could say it's like a gateway game. <laughs> and if you're really good at it, uh, you can move on to the hard stuff, which is Fantasy <laughs> Movie League. <laughs> I am sure that the FML powers of the B are going to love that response. <laughs> oh, that was very good. Mr. Dave, the man in the suit. Dapper Dave, what say you? For once in my life, I actually did this without any jokes. So I'm, I'm a little ashamed of myself. But uh, first of all, it's completely free. So you can't beat that. Uh, second... Uh, with Fantasy Movie League, you can win prizes every week, even if your lineup's terrible. <laughs> so that's always a plus. Uh, I've never won, but I've heard some people have, unless you live in Maryland. Uh, sorry, Eert. Third, if uh, you know all the other fantasy games you play haven't quite fed your addiction enough, like happened with me, then Fantasy Awards League is just inevitably going to be a great way to add to it. Uh, fourth, uh, once that definitely sucks you in, uh, Fantasy Movie League will be there every week of the year, to keep that addiction fed and keep you coming back for more. And uh, I only had four. So um, <laughs> did I mention that it's free and that you can win prizes? See, there is a, no, but that, a plus. That, that, is a, that is a great thing to double up on. Um, mm -hmm, absolutely. Even though I think we've doubled and triple, tripled on the uh, fact that this is basically, FML is basically heroin and it's very cult-like. So yes, FML is a heroin cult, <laughs> according to Pause and Play. <laughs> Well, I don't... Uh, Not that there's anything I didn't wrong say with that. that. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Except pretty much absolutely everything about that. I'm sure Matthew Barry would agree. Yeah, I'm sure he would. <laughs> he would also agree that those are very mediocre responses by all three of you. Well, he would that also... Way. I strive for mediocrity. He would also applaud yeah, our non-hustle. So. <laughs> yes. The non-hustle. Especially out of Mr. Day for only giving us four <laughs> answers. So yeah. he gets four points and you guys don't get anything because uh -huh. he went the extra non-hustle. This is the first time I've started out with not negative. This is yeah, incredible. Yeah, that's probably not going to work out well for you. No, it's never worked for me before. All right, moving on. Hashtag always Lala. Do you see Lala Land dominating the Oscars? And if so, is it the safe, obvious anchor to your awards lineup? Okay, let's start off uh, flops. What are your thoughts? Um, I do see Lala Land dominating. And at first glance, uh, it's pretty hard to imagine not anchoring with it. Uh, but then you have to remember that uh, it was priced accordingly. So basically, it has to clean up the awards uh, in order to make it the anchor that mm -hmm. you want to have in your lineup. And um, I think there are a couple of things that could possibly trip it up. Uh, for one, 
I think there are some other very deserving movies. I've seen most of them, and I would say La La Land is my favorite. But uh, from a critical point of view, I think there were a couple others that uh, you could definitely say were possibly better movies. So, and that goes for not only the whole movie, but for individual performances and achievements. I could really see a couple other movies maybe stealing a category here and there. Secondly, I think after last year's Oscars So White controversy, the Academy really needs to be somewhat self-aware and uh, not just vote for La La Land as a knee-jerk reaction to seeing Hollywood being glorified yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's already been sweeping the other award shows, um, so that gives you a sign of what might be to come, but maybe if they do a little bit of soul-searching, uh, we might get a few different outcomes in some of the categories. So it's doubtful, but possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to see. You know, as, as you noted, Hollywood loves Hollywood, so uh, that's kind of a big obstacle to overcome for all the other movies, I would think, but we shall see. Mr. Dave... Well, I think La La Land absolutely dominates. I have them winning nine of the categories in our competition. Hmm. And I could see them winning as much as ten. Uh, but I think nine's pretty much a lock. But I think the pricing is set up in a way that there's going to be one of four potential PCs. And there are three different anchors in those. And La La Land only anchors the one. Hmm. But there are two different categories that are going to completely swing this competition. And that's Best Actor and best animated feature film whoever wins animated i shouldn't give too much strategy (laughs) i think whoever wins animated feature film wins the bonus oh really because there is going to be a bonus right a two million bonus yes yeah i would assume yeah plays that so regular whoever wins animated feature whether it be zootopia or kubo is going to win the bonus and the price pretty low if i remember correctly right well zootopia is and about 44 bucks versus kubo's (laughs) well i have okay i can't remember what the with my predictions, um, I have Zootopia winning feature, animated feature, and it takes the bonus um, because some of the other stuff's a little more spread out. Mm. La La Land's just priced too high to win the bonus unless it somehow gets a clean sweep of everything, but I, I'm speaking too far on this. But anyway, <laughs> I think there's four different chances. Uh, I do not think La La Land ends up in the perfect cinema hmm. in this competition. Milhouse, what about you? I definitely agree with both of them. I think La La Land would have to win everything for it to be a part of the perfect cinema. So based off the initial things, I have a, I'm not even considering it for my lineup. Uh, I went and looked back on like the last couple of years and considered like what the, uh, the big hyped movies were going into it. So like last year, Revenant was probably like the biggest hype movie going into the Oscars. And now if you take all their categories that they won, they, they had $115 million dollars. But if you look at Mad Max, which swept a bunch of the technical categories, it would probably would have been priced a little bit lower than what we're seeing, like somewhere like the Manchester by the Sea or something like that, mm-hmm. where that got $75 million bucks. So if you probably would have anchored Mad Max like probably six or seven times, you would have probably had the perfect cinema. Now you go like the year before that in 2015, Birdman was probably the biggest one out there, but that had $140 million bucks. Uh, based off of getting Best Picture, uh, Best Director, and then I believe it was uh, Original Screenplay. So uh, if you kind of look at it that way, I think that there's enough parody in this year's thing that you could, in this year's Oscars, that you could potentially look at some of the other lower-priced movies to get 
uh, your lineup going from it. So really, you're, you're kind of looking at a, a Never La La scenario. You're going to go hashtag Never La La That's, going into this game. Is what yeah, it definitely. Like. Yeah, I, I think you guys are right. It's it's It has to do really well. It's just similar to, uh, you know, in any other movie in regular FML <clears throat> that is priced really high. It, it needs to beat its projections, uh, like its pro bo- pro proboxoffice.com projections and things like that. And uh, yeah, I think it's similar. It's it's got to come close to sweeping, I would think. But as we mentioned, it's a Hollywood movie, and if anything's going to sweep, it's going to be something in Hollywood or something about Hollywood. So now, but I definitely thought like Flops had a good point about the never so uh, Oscar so white thing that it could potentially. I mean, this could be like how Denzel got the Training Day Oscar when it probably wasn't his best movie, but they wanted to give him an Oscar. But that happens yeah. quite a bit, though, like with just uh, giving out Oscars. Uh, like, we talked about like Leo last year in Revenant. Probably wasn't his best performance, but he, they, he just finally got an Oscar. And that just kind of happens a lot with these Oscar ceremonies. But Flops, you were going to say something to cut you off there. Oh, yeah, it was definitely Leo's time, I guess. And, you know, every, every year seems to have its own kind of um, narrative. So with regards to that, maybe this is just the year where... Um, the Academy decides to uh, put out their own narrative, you know, it might be different than what the other award shows were, were uh, thinking about. Well, we shall see here uh, pretty soon. All right, gentlemen, let's move on. Question three is about strategy. With the scoring system tiered, for example, $50 million awarded for Best Picture, Director, Actor, and Actress, $25 million for Best Supporting Actor, and Supporting Actress, and Screenplay, etc., and then the lower tiered, $15 million and $10 million. Do you think it wise to focus mostly on the big dollar categories, like the $50 million and $25 million, rather than the lower rewarding categories, the $15 and $10 million? Or ultimately, will we just be chasing the bonus like we do in regular Fantasy Movie League? Mr. Dave. Well, I don't think the Perfect Cinema is going to have any of the $15 or $10 million winners in it. Well, I shouldn't say that that doesn't also win a big category. So say La La Land, which is pretty much a lock to win Best Picture. It's going to sweep up a bunch of those little categories too. But anything, say Hacksaw Ridge, which could win one of the small ones, is not going to be included in the PC. So really, you're just trying to go for best value here, essentially chasing the bonus. Mm -hmm. Um, So unless something shocks and wins Best Picture other than La La Land, just ignore best picture because that isn't really going to affect anything overall and just game for those 25 million dollar ones they're the ones that value wise are key in this i think so you say 25 million uh those can be the make or break Fair yes enough. um which again goes that's mostly because i think best picture swings this whole competition let's see or not best picture sorry best actor swings the whole competition best actor millhouse what about you uh no i definitely agree that Probably looking at those $25 million categories with supporting actor, uh, an actress, screenplays, and an animated. It's probably the, the way to go. I mean, you look at something like Moonlight, which uh, Mahershala Ali is almost a lock to win that category. Like, you can really go heavy with that and then go something like if you think Zootopia is going to win animated, that's a way to go with that. That's a, I think that's a pretty good strategy to go with for this uh, for this year. Because like I'm like the last question, I'm not really focusing too much on La La Land just because I think it's got to do too much to be worth worth it in the end. Yeah, flops. Um, I want to compliment compliment uh, Millhouse on that uh, beautiful pronunciation of <laughs> Maher Maher Shala 
Ali. <laughs> that, yes, that, that was, was excellent. I'm, I'm glad you commented on that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, Milhouse. Two points. Um, as for um, strategy, I guess it depends what you want to accomplish in the, the competition. If you want to set the best possible lineup, then uh, I guess you would do what you would typically do in FML and you want to find the, the best anchor that you think is going to take home a few of the big awards and uh, pick a filler that you think could rack up some of the smaller technical awards. But for this competition, I think it's a little different than um, uh, what we're used to. This is a, a one-off basically. So uh, in order to win the thing, I think you're going to have to do something risky. I think you're going to have to really study the different categories and uh, figure out if uh, there's something that the, the overall the general public is not looking at and see if you can uh, exploit that to your advantage. So I think the winner of this competition is going to be the one that um, finds the surprise winner and, and just loads up on that movie, whatever it may be. I, I'm kind of thinking of what happened last year during awards season when daddy daddy's home uh, won that. We don't, uh, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, whoever chose Daddy's Home in award season, they they were heads and shoulders shoulders above everyone else. Right. Yeah. So I think uh, whoever wins the FML awards league, it's going to be someone like that. Yeah, I, I think you're right because I it, it just has a feeling that you know, like like you guys had mentioned, like coming off of last year's Oscars, you know, when, like I said with the, the hashtag Oscars so white. This year, the, the they may be spreading the wealth a little bit more. And uh, may not want to count on La La Land to win all the awards. And uh, there might be some surprises in here, too. So should be interesting. I do think uh, if one movie is going to kind of surprise and swing things, it's going to be Fences. I'll say that. I think For, for fences, Best Picture or, or just for No, I, for just for winning the PC. Um, I mean, I th- Viola Davis is pretty much a lock for Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actress at this yeah, point. Yeah, I agree. Um, it could win Best Adapted Screenplay. And it could win... I'm going to sound a little nerdy, but I've been tracking all the other awards and stuff, too. And uh, there's some certain ones, if you look at, like the Screen Actors Guild, 18 of the last 22 people who have won Best Actor at Screen Actors Guild have won the Oscar. Denzel won the Screen Actors Guild for Best Actor this year. But I think he's So the if front that runner. trend continues, I would still say Casey Affleck is the front runner, but he has, you know, his... Uh, the scandal going. What do you want to call it? His scandal going on right now. And that, that Screen Actors Guild win for Denzel... Gives me some pause. Well, if you're just going um, by uh, the Golden Globes, then uh, Casey Affleck would be a front runner. But based on yeah. some of the other award shows and even um, like, I guess, New York Times and uh, some other publications have their own critical um, mm-hmm. awards. I think Denzel has been faring pretty well in those. So yeah. I kind of think he is the front runner. Well, some of the, gam- um, some of the gambling things I looked at actually to, to prep for this. They got Denzel and Casey Affleck pretty much neck and neck. Last thing I saw had yeah. Casey at four to seven to win, and Denzel at five to four to win. So it's fairly fairly yeah. close. I think that's uh, like Mr. Dave was saying. It's probably going to be one of the toss up things if you are looking to try to figure out to, if you're looking to try to get one of those fifty million slots with the best actor. That's that's something where like you're going to have to really think about whether or not you want to try to go for that, or if that's something you want to just leave it be just because it's so tight mm-hmm. right yeah cool. and i think uh yesterday just 
to continue on my nerdiness, the BAFTAs <laughs> were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think Casey won the BAFTA, didn't he? Um, for Best Actor. Which ba- BAFTA is the, the British Awards. Yeah, yeah what is a BAFTA? <laughs> the BAFTA is the British We don't one, care about things I... across the pond, except for the <laughs> listeners that listen across the um, pond. But we don't care source. about your awards. <laughs> a good source. Go to 538. Dot com god you are nerding out hard on, is yeah. fml nerd is he is he on this podcast is he, is this this is actually turning into like the Look, fml podcast it really Pat, is this is why is he gonna pop up on here too <laughs> i read that too <laughs> this Mr. is the Dave. most serious pause and play we've ever done i know this is, i'm very serious about <laughs> yeah, awards you, That's you why are in a suit you, you're wearing the suit and um, you're, you're you're talking stats man yeah but go to 538 they've been tracking everything it's it's actually super helpful you've turned if into you a shark mr dave analysis I've always been a shark. Just wait, no, 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 no. I am not. I just no. You're I a shark. That name. No, not that kind of shark. You are 100 percent a shark. Points all around. Let's move on. Last question of round one. We're talk prizes. The grand prize in the Fantasy Awards League is a fifty dollar gift card from MovieTickets.com and a personally inscribed and autographed copy of Matthew Barry's book Fantasy Life. That's a pretty awesome price. However, with this being a movie league, I am admittedly somewhat disappointed Mr. Barry is not signing a copy of Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, which he co-wrote in 2001, by the way. So, for you guys and all the listeners, I'm creating a pause and play private league with the grand prize winner receiving a picture of a personally inscribed and autographed by me copy of Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. A few questions for you guys. One, how sweet is that? Two, do you think we can get Matthew Berry to sign a copy of Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles? And three, how long do you give me before Matthew Berry has me officially banned from the Fantasy Movie League? Oh, let's see. Who wants to start this one off? I got it. Millhouse, you got it? <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I'll, for, I'm going to answer that last question first. I think the second <laughs> that he hears a recording of this is when you're going to get that cease and desist letter. Uh <laughs> Secondly, uh, you know, as much as I love Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, I would much prefer some swag for Married with Children, which he wrote episodes for as well. Uh, Good call. I have more of a love for that than I do for Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) Uh, What is this sucking up for Crocodile Dundee? (laughs) You're you're pandering to the wrong podcast host, by the way. (laughs) Even Lucky Barry doesn't like Crocodile Dundee. Alec, you're you're a stepping stone. The 06010 for me. That's what you are. <laughs> it's natural progression. You get points for pandering, not hustle. Well, actually, no. That is you're you're hustling a little bit there. Come but on. you get your company your, man. Your points for honesty by uh, accusing <laughs> me or uh, uh, labeling me a stepping stone that like, kind of cancels each other out. So you didn't go. You didn't get any points. You didn't lose any points. You broke even. Yeah, on that it's one. better than I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> Flops. What about you? Um, well, first of all, I'm a big fan of the prize idea. I was really sad that I missed out on the, the autographed copy of your picture of the rock uh, VHS, uh, VHS in your yes. unwritten fools league. <laughs> um, so I'm going to really hope that I can get uh, this prize. And I don't think Matthew Berry will be upset that you're offering the prize. I think uh, he's a very down to earth guy and he's a good sport about um about his movie that he wrote so who knows uh, i i'd uh, send him a tweet see if see if he's uh, willing to come through with that now the problem is if paul hogan hears that matthew berry is uh going to sign anything that um, he feels is his own personal property 
And uh, if you guys don't know, you guys should listen to an episode of How Did This Get Made, where uh, uh, Matthew Berry appears on the episode and gives the behind the scenes on that whole story mm-hmm. of how Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles got made and uh, how Paul Hogan tried to get uh, Matthew Berry's name taken off the movie. <laughs> and and he had to basically fight to get his name attached to a movie that he completely hated and wanted no part of. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, go ahead and offer your prize but uh don't be surprised if paul hogan uh gives you an angry call <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned that podcast the uh the how did this get made uh episode with uh matthew or the how to get this made episode where they watch crocodile dundee in los angeles and they have matthew barry on as a special guest and he talks about that that was excellent yes <laughs> kudos to matthew barry for doing that too it's very cool mr dave well I've got to go opposite here and say I'm really glad I didn't actually win that signed, quote-unquote, signed VHS copy of The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, this prize somehow sounds worse, which I didn't know was possible. <laughs> um, but I don't think you're even going to find a copy for Matthew Barry to sign because I'm pretty sure he personally made it his mission to destroy every copy that could be <laughs> laying around, kind of like they did with the E.T. Atari game back in the day, mm. just bury him on the desert somewhere. <laughs> um but I'm really hoping this podcast will finally lead to you getting banned. I was hoping it was going to be done by Christmas. Um, but, you know, I can shoot for a uh, a nice Valentine's Day miracle. Harsh words from Mr. Dave. Yeah. Seriously, where did you get a copy of Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles? He doesn't. It's going to be a picture of a copy of it. That's the trick. Yeah, it's just a picture. It's like the rock. It's, it's, a just, it's just a picture of, of the picture. Okay. It's probably more than likely what it's going to be because that's actually what the uh, the quote unquote signed copy of the VHS Rock. It's exactly what it was because I couldn't find my my VHS copy of the Rock, so I just went, <laughs> I just went and found a VHS looking uh, picture, like a year long uh, Google images, and uh, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, FYI, the Pause and Play League password: Kurt Loader, all one word: K U R T L O D E R. Sign up. I'm not lying about the prize. We'll see what we can do about Matthew Berry signing the uh, the Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. It's not going to happen. I may be banned by the time this game actually goes live. <laughs> um, so we shall see. Anyway. Well, guys, let's make that awkward transition into Alex Live Read of the Week. Let's sell some stuff for Loot Crate. Yeah. On a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles this holiday season, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than $20 a month. Whether you're shopping... For the geek in your life, or if you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month, there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can only get with Loot Crate. Treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. Roll up your sleeves and get ready to celebrate some of pop culture's most put-together franchises. February's hands-on theme is Build and features Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Batman, Lego Dimensions, and Tetris. Yes, Tetris. And, as always, our monthly t-shirt and pin. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it, guys. It's over. Make sure to head to www.lootcrate.com FML and enter code FML to save 10% off any new subscription today. Gentlemen, let's move on to round two. Round two. Round two will act as a lightning round of sorts, with our guests delivering rapid-fire responses to my questions. And, 
as we're about to prove, rapid does not actually mean rapid here. Start off, question number one, snubs. Did Fantasy Movie League, did they snub any movie? And if so, what snubstitution would you like to see? Did you get it, Dave? Snubstitution? I do. I get it. Yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> Could you explain it? I didn't quite get it. <laughs> we don't have time. This is rapid fire. Millhouse, any snubstitutions? Uh, I probably would have put Passengers in there, I guess, because it's one of those like lower categories you probably got it done for because it's got uh, nominated for production design and original score. Might have been something throw in there for a couple bucks like you do for uh, Kubo or Moana. Mm. Fair enough. Flops. I mean, are we just gonna pretend that uh, Whoopi's powerhouse performance in uh, King of the Dance Hall didn't happen? <laughs> Pretty sure I haven't heard of that. Is it like a Hulu original movie? Uh, it wasn't a well-covered movie. Uh, not a lot of people saw it. <laughs> but she was fantastic in it. I'm sure she was. Oh, okay. <laughs> good, good for the whoop. Mr. Dave. I mean, none of the nominations for makeup and hairstyling were there. So maybe just throw one of them in for fun. <laughs> and uh, I think Allied maybe should have been included. I think it has a, sh- a pretty good shot at winning costume design. If Jackie doesn't win it, one of the two. According to 538 and Dave, Allied has a chance. <laughs> no, to win. that's just me. I didn't want to touch on Moving that on. fact that there's no makeup categories that were in there. <laughs> oh, I'll call them out. Moving on. To be fair, none of the makeup ones were nominated for To, to be fair. Moving on. Really. To be fair. Moving on. <laughs> Question two Should the winner of the Fantasy Awards League, the overall winner, should they be forced to give an awkward acceptance speech on this podcast? Milhouse, let's go back to you. Oh, definitely. And I think you should make that as awkward as you can. Because you're going to have them sitting there waiting for it to be played off like you are in the Oscars, but it never happens. Just let them sit there, float in the wind. Just let them go. Good strategy. I like that. Flops. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Five points. <laughs> Mr. Dave. I say go opposite. As soon as they open their mouth, play the music, and just play it right over them. Don't let them say a word. <laughs> I like that strategy, okay. too. One point for you. Sweet. Question three. Mr. Dave, we're going to start with you on this one. Who will you be wearing on Oscars night? I mean, I think everyone knows I'm wearing MeUndies. Uh, might pull, you know, a host move, a couple costume changes. I have a bunch of pairs I can cycle through. Um, and, you know, I'll just play it by ear. We'll see what happens. Flops? Um, I'll be wearing my traditional Fruit of the Looms uh, pajama pants and Hanes socks. And uh, just for good luck, um, I'll be wearing a pair of flip-flops uh, that were made in the 20th century. <laughs> Millhouse, and you? Uh, I will be wearing uh, Kenneth Cole that night, uh, during the day actually, because that's I'm going to be a godfather that day, going to a baptism. Ah. And then that is also my birthday, so that night I'll be wearing my birthday suit with Penguin, and I'm going to leave it right there. <laughs> oh man. And you forgot the note at the beginning of this podcast, this is family friendly-ish. I didn't say anything else. I just... <laughs> But luckily, nobody knows what, what what you look like, so they're only picturing Millhouse off of The Simpsons in their birthday suit. There you go. <laughs> you are welcome, listeners. All right, <laughs> let's move on to a, a little multiple choice. This is going to be some Oscars trivia. I know Mr. Dave is excited about this. Love me some trivia. Yes. First one. Of the eight Best Picture nominees of 2017, only two have crossed $100 million at the domestic box office so far. Can you name those two? I already forgot what they were. (laughs) (laughs) I'll read them off real quick. Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, 
Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Mr. Dave. 100 million would be Arrival and Hell or High Water. Flops. Hidden Figures and La La Land? <laughs> Millhouse. Uh, I'm going to go with Arrival and La La Land. Flops, you got both of them correct. It was Hidden Figures and La La Land. Arrival is at like 99.5, I think, as of this morning, so it's not quite at 100 million yet. I was thinking of Magnificent Seven, not Hell or High Water. That's my, that's my mess up. Oh. Yes, it is. You're the only one to get two incorrect in that, and that is just darn right pathetic, and that is not me undies quality right there, Mr. Dave. Question number two. This is a true or false. Crocodile Dundee himself, Paul Hogan, was once nominated for an Oscar. True or false? Mr. Dave. I'm going to say false. Flops? I know that it's true. <laughs> Millhouse? True. <laughs> and that sucks for Mr. Dave. The answer is true. Follow up to that, which I'm pretty sure that Flops is going to get this one as well, too. So we'll ask him last. Follow up. Was that nomination for acting, directing, or writing? Writing. And I said we're going to go for you last, but you went first. So you lose points for getting that correct. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Moving on! <laughs> Question number four. This is another true or false. In 1995, Forrest Gump won Best Picture over Shawshank Redemption. True or false? Milhouse. True. Flops. Could you repeat the question? In 1995, Forrest Gump won Best Picture over Shawshank Redemption. True or false? False. Mr. Dave. False. It's true. Forrest Gump won Best Picture in 1995. Was it, I just assumed it was going to be 90, not 95. I thought you Trick said question. 1999. 95. <laughs> Follow up to that question. Because Shawshank Redemption lost to Forrest Gump, is that a good reason to hate Forrest Gump? Milhouse, let's start with you. That's a totally good reason to hate Forrest Gump. First of all, <laughs> Forrest Gump is a terrible movie. Secondly, Shawshank is Shawshank. You get Shawshanked all the time. I don't get Forrest Gumped. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. Flops? Uh, that is not a good reason to hate Forrest Gump. The reason to hate Forrest Gump is that it beat Pulp Fiction for Best Picture. <laughs> Mr. Dave? It's not a good reason to hate it, because uh, at the time, Shawshank wasn't as well-received as it was now, was it? Like, it wasn't no one, as no one widely saw it, No one saw it until it was on TBS five years later. So, yeah, there you go. We have Ted Turner to thank for that. <laughs> um, so the official answer to the question is No! It's irrational, petty, and I won't have it on this podcast. You can hate Gump for other reasons, but not that. And not the Pulp Fiction one. Nice try, Flops. Damn. Gentlemen, that is the end of round two, which means one of you will be eliminated while the other two face off in the Pause and Sway Challenge. The winner of that will be awarded their very own soapbox from which to rant about whatever they like, as long as it is movie-related. So, one of you is going to have to say bye because Mr. Dave won last week and because he's wearing a suit and because he looks super pretentious. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be eliminated. <laughs> also, he only had four reasons for the first question. <laughs> exactly. I wrote five down. I just pretended I only had four. <laughs> uh, so moving That's not on, true. I only had four. <laughs> moving on will be Millhouse and Twentieth Century Flops. What's in an award-winning name, anyway? 
Congratulations, Millhouse and Flops. You've made it to the very special Pause and Sway Challenge. Today's lucky winner gets to name my Fantasy Awards League Cineplex. Just waiting for the applause to die down. <laughs> but, but not only do you have to come up with my Cineplex name, you have to convince, or sway me, why it's a great name. So, in summary, pick a sweet Cineplex name and convince me why it's so super sweet. Please note, Cineplex name must be appropriate, family-friendly-ish, and not contain the words angry, or geek, or Steve, or Dave. Flops. Well, Alec, uh, the name I chose for you that is going to be super sweet is The Fool Who Dreams, parentheses, about Anna Kendrick. <laughs> uh, I chose the name because it's a play on uh, one of the songs that's up for best song. And um, also fitting, Alec is indeed a fool, uh, mm -hmm. mostly because uh, he hosts a podcast uh, called Unwritten Fools. Um, there are also other reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, uh, at least on one occasion, uh, I know that he's had a dream about Anna, Anna Kendrick. And also, I think Noplex was in that dream, too. It was a completely so appropriate for, dream. It was about Anna For all Kendrick. those reasons, uh, <laughs> I have chosen The Fool Who Dreams, parentheses, Anna Kendrick, for your cinema name. I like it. And for the record, it was a completely appropriate dream. Yes, it was about Anna Kendrick. Was it, about, <laughs> it was about my other podcast partner, No Plague Zone. But it was I'm also sure about was an email. You always, everyone always leaves out that it was about a very important email. Like details, very details. information about Anna Kendrick. Yes, yeah. whatever. You are incredibly defensive about this dream. I am. I'm just throwing that out there. The emails. It's all about Seems the suspicious. emails, guys. It's all about the emails. You should know this by now. All right. <laughs> Millhouse. All right. I, I was going back and forth on two different names that both just play up to things that she's just going to suck up to you. The first one, the, <laughs> the, the, the one that I did not go with, I was going to go with Mizun Light by the Sea for your love of all things Mizzou. Okay, fair enough. But I figured the better one to go with was Matthew Berry's Oscar Plus One. Because figured this would go well with your, for, for lack of a better term, you're way too much into Matthew Berryness uh, and anything that he is related to. Plus, I've as much as you want to dream about Anna Kendrick, I probably think you'd have a better dream about being Matthew Berry's plus one at an Oscars date, as an Oscar date, being on the red carpet with them, taking pictures with them, going to the after parties. I figured that was probably a better way to go. Okay, well, I knew this question was going to be a bad idea after I, I wrote it, but. I didn't realize I was going to come off as like this creepy, stalkerish kind of dude that's uh, <laughs> creeping on Anna Kendrick and Matthew Berry. I've stayed out of their DMs on Twitter. No sliding into I've them? I've never written them. Uh, <laughs> what's that? No sliding into the DMs there? No, no, no sliding into the DMs. Nothing like that. Wow, I, I'm almost, uh, I, I'm almost uh, thinking about uh, giving. I, I did ask for it, and I am regretting it. And I'm thinking about awarding the, this to Mr. Dave, but I'm not <laughs> going to. You already did that once. Before. I, know, I did, that, did that. I did that one time before. One. I was about to say I didn't. I didn't take a shot at you at all with my name. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was one time too many. So uh, I'm going to go with Millhouse because I think he's right. So congratulations, yes. Millhouse. Flops. It was an excellent answer. So I have to name my my awards league Cineplex. What, what's the official name again? Uh, Matthew Berry's Oscar Plus One. Oscar Plus One. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Well, Millhouse, this means uh, since you won, you get to step on your soapbox and deliver a, a little rant or whatever you want to. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, yeah. So, I've talked about this 
uh, Angry Geek Deer and I have talked about this on our podcast a lot. It's uh, with as far as Oscar recognition, I think there's a lot to be done more with uh, motion capture. Now, being a geek like we are, we love Andy Serkis and all the all the stuff that he does, and pretty and he really should have been nominated already for an Oscar for some of the motion pack capture stuff that he's done between Lord of the Rings and uh, the new Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, and even some, and probably once we get that new Star Wars film next year, I think we'll probably look at that uh, performance and look and see that there's uh, so much that he does that doesn't get recognized for. And just motion capture in general, I think, is probably what I'm leaning more towards. And then it's just going to name the award after Andy Circus. But I think that they need to expand and include some of that stuff in their best actors and supporting actor nominees because I think that it's something that's getting left out and overlooked even as technologically advances we're becoming uh, with our movies between and, and like I understand that they get a lot of recognition when it comes to stuff like effects and uh, editing and sound mixing and all that other stuff but I think it needs a little bit more uh, to recognize the actual people that are doing the stuff too the actors itself that's what I got yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I, yeah, I think it's got to a point where we're seeing more and more of this motion capture motion capture technology in the movies, and I, I do think the people, especially like the Andy Circuses of the world, should be getting uh, recognized for that. So I like that idea. All right, I think it's time to roll the uh, the end credits here. I think we're done with this uh, very special edition of the Pause and Play podcast. I want to tell all the listeners out there, remind them about the Oscars game. Um, tell everyone need to sign up at awards.fantasymovieleague.com. Um, tell all your friends. Um, tell them it's not bore, not your boring, run-of-the-mill Oscar prediction game. This is something different. This is something uh, something cool. Um, also tell them that it's not a cult, despite what you've heard on this podcast. <laughs> um, it, may, it may be a little bit like taking heroin, but in a good way. But anyway, I can't stress enough, not a cult. Uh, there will be Kool-Aid, however. Um, another note real quick for the, uh, fantasy, the actual fantasy movie league. Just a heads up. Got a four day weekend coming. It's president's day on Monday, the 20th. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday totals will be included into our, uh, uh, total for the box office that weekend. So just a reminder, four day weekend coming up. Gentlemen, do you have anything, uh, anything we want to plug? Millhouse? Uh, well, I kind of already did, but uh, if you want to listen to the Angry Geeks Versus podcast, you can uh, find us on iTunes. Uh, if you want to go and join our Fantasy Movie League, you can look, search us on there. Our password is CapsLockAngry, and on a- any various social media platforms, or Angry Geeks VS. Very cool. Flops, let's say you. I'd like to plug my podcast, uh, um, <laughs> uh, which, oh no, I don't have a podcast. <laughs> Uh, so I'll plug uh, Angry Geeks podcast and the Unwritten Fools podcast. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. Mr. Dave. I'm not plugging anybody's podcast. <laughs> uh, but if anybody's looking to get 20% off their first MeUndies order, <laughs> uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at um, Mr. X Dave, and I'll hit you up with a referral link. And I, I swear I don't get free MeUndies every time someone buys something. That's not why I'm asking. And we don't we don't want to know that anyway, so we, no. we don't need to know about your shipment of underwear. Just got one today. <laughs> Fantastic. And you're you're losing points for the next time you're on the next uh, the next pause and play, by the way. Again. If I'm on again. If if. Uh, another quick reminder, the pause and play private league in the uh, fantasy awards league. Sign up and get some quote unquote prizes. The password to join 
all lowercase, Kurt Loader, and that's one word, K-U-R-T-L-O-D-E-R. I think we're done. Thanks for being on. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us, sir. Thanks, Alec. Good night, FML. Or good morning, or good afternoon. See you next week. Cheers, lots of a good night.